everyone. Welcome today on the Business of Life Masterclass podcast. We have a very special guest today, and her name is Deborah Palmer. You may have seen on social media that Debbie Lundberg, who is not here today, we did an episode yesterday, and we will follow up with her again tomorrow, but she's doing something special, and that's special, that something special is with Deborah. And I look forward for all of us to learn more about your story, Deborah. But Barb Zant here, media sales leader, founder of the Lifestyle brand, the Stay at Work Mom, and fashion stylist. So Deborah, welcome. Welcome today. We're so excited to hear your story. And you know, as much as you'd like to share, I know like you had a life-changing lunch with Debbie Lundberg. So, you know, we'd love to hear about that, but also as much as you'd like to share for your, you know, lifelong journey, you know, 24-year journey up into this point as well. Well, thank you, Barbara. I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to talk about my journey. Um, I, I, I'll share everything. I, there's nothing to hide and I like uh, talking about it so people know that um, this thing can happen to anybody, really. Um, but like you said, for 25 years, um, I have been uh, in what's called in-stage renal failure, kidney failure. Um, and when it happened 25 years ago, uh, ended up in the hospital, of course, and um, then uh, was uh, diagnosed and put on dialysis. And uh, what that means is that every uh, other day, I would go to a dialysis center, and you're on the machine for uh, three to four hours. and you know, you're pretty well spent after that. You don't go back to work. You go home and, you know, recoup and get up the next day and go to work. Um, fortunate for me, I don't have underlying, uh, any underlying uh, health conditions. I just have a, a bad kidney. <laughs> um, so uh, many people that uh, suffer renal failure have other, you know, organ issues or diabetes, or heart problems. Um, but fortunately, um, I don't. So um, after about six months of dialysis, um, we began thinking, my doctor advised that I should consider a transplant. And this was 24 years ago. And I'm like, well, okay. I mean, I really don't even know what that means, but I trusted my doctor. Um, but miraculously, um, it doesn't happen often, my kidney function started to improve and stabilized enough to uh, get off dialysis. Um, and uh, for the past 24 years, 25 years now, um, I've been okay. Uh, I've been monitored quite often, uh, lots of blood work and that sort of thing. And although my function um, was uh, diminished, it was enough that uh, I could live without dialysis. Um, beginning last year, 2019, um, the doctors advised that the uh, situation was uh, getting worse, not, not improving, not, you know, age and that sort of thing and that I should uh, consider transplant now while um, I'm still healthy and relatively young and active and um, not on dialysis. So we started the kidney transplant process last year, last January, and it takes some time to actually get on the list. Um, but by about April, April or May, um, I was on the kidney transplant list. What that means is um, when you're on the list, um, you're waiting for a donor, uh, waiting typically for somebody to pass whose kidney would match yours. And um, 
you would get a transplant unless you found someone, a family member, typically, or a friend, um, or in my case, an acquaintance who's now my sister, um, to donate for you. Um, there is uh, estimated uh, three to four times uh, more people waiting for organ transplants than there are available organs. So the wait can be quite lengthy. Um, right now for a kidney um, cadaver uh, donor, um, the typical wait is about three and a half to four years. So um, unless I had found a um, donor, a live donor, um, I probably would still be waiting. And uh, at the moment, um, I'm not getting better. I'm getting weaker. And, um, you know, I've have had a lot of labs lately and it's showing that, you know, I'm really progressing where um, dialysis could come. And uh, the idea was, or the hope was that I would get a transplant before dialysis. And um, that seems to be happening. So um, I can just continue to tell you about where we are right now. Um, my uh, hero, Debbie Lundberg, uh, she seems to think this story is about me, but I really think it's about her. Um, we have been um, acquaintances, networking, associates, business people um, for about five years. We met, uh, can't really put our fingers on exactly how we met, but it was through, uh, at the time, uh, the Tampa Bay Chamber of Commerce. We were both big networkers and business people in the community. And then uh, over the past five years, um, she is active in the South Tampa Chamber of Commerce, and I have always been an active member of that uh, organization as well. And we've done some things together, you know, um, Towards the end of last year, um, we were working at an event, you know, where we were collecting money for a charity, and I didn't know, but I did not know that she had already been considering uh, donating uh, her kidney to me. Um, I had put up a Facebook page um, sometime around August of last year, um, talking about my situation and uh, encouraging people to consider, uh, not necessarily for me, but for everybody to become a registered uh, organ donor. Um, and somehow Debbie saw it. I was sharing it out on my personal page and uh, Debbie and I were connected on Facebook that way. And uh, like I said, in December, I did not know that she had been thinking about it, but she just couldn't find the right time to talk to me about it. So uh, later on, we were at, a, I think in January, we were at a luncheon, a chamber luncheon sitting at the same big table. And again, she says, you know, it wasn't really the right time to talk, but an opportunity came up during that luncheon for her to invite me to lunch for just like a one-on-one -on -one kind of connection thing. And I'm like, this is strange because Debbie and I have never done one-on-ones, never seemed like, you know, we would need to do that. We see each other enough with networking and all, but I'm like, well, I like lunch. So, okay, let's do lunch. And uh, I don't know, you know, I know, you know, Deborah, Debbie pretty well, Barbara, um, she doesn't do lunch. <laughs> so it was just really strange, the whole whole situation. But I, I want to talk to Debbie. I like that. So uh, we go to lunch. And I think that was in uh, February. And uh, both on tight schedules. But uh, we, we had an hour. And we talked about business and got to know each other a little better. And then uh, the kidney thing came up. And we talked. And again, I still did not know that she had been considering doing this. She wasn't letting on at all. But we left and we had a nice lunch, had a nice meal. And um, later that evening, I believe, or even the next day, uh, she texted me um, 
never even had a phone call from her. She, we didn't exchange phone numbers. We know how to contact each other through the chamber, right? So she texted me um, and had a picture of where she had obtained a home um, blood uh, testing kit to type her blood. And she found that she was the same blood type as me from this home test that she did and wanted to know what should she do now. And I was very surprised. Um, I said, well, you know, if you want to consider this uh, here, go to this website on Tampa General's uh, page and fill out this application to become a kidney donor for me. And she did. And uh, as time clicked on, she texted me and well, now we match this way and now we match this way. And uh, we just both kind of in the beginning, just kind of knew this was going to work out, you know, that um, she was going to be my kidney. And uh, that's where we are. And in 13 days, uh, she and I will go to Tampa General and um, she's going to lose a kidney and I'm going to gain one. So I just get the chills hearing your story. And now I, I've heard it several times. And just seems like there's so many things, you know, at play, like Debbie had mentioned to me that she saw your um, social media post when you shared uh, about kidney donation. And it just your story just stuck with her. And when she saw you out in the community, you know, just what the timing, you know, or there would be a lot of people around, but she just kept thinking about it, thinking about it. And, you know, just the fact that she was you know, serve that, you know, a lot of times what you, you see 6% of the people that you are, you know, connected with on uh, social media, just with the algorithm, what is it, the algorithms or the, yeah, I always I get that word wrong, but how everything is served up to us. Yeah. And, you know, now with, with COVID that, how has that, has that been an impact at all, just with all the testing that you've done and, and, as far as getting scheduling, is, is that been a factor in this? It has. Um, in March, um, Debbie was pretty well into the testing. Uh, she's had to go through quite a bit um, to get approved to do this, um, just as I have. Uh, a lot of uh, medical testing and uh, maybe psychological evaluations. And she's gone through a lot. I mean, it was not more than I think she was anticipating, but she never gave up and she stuck to it. Um, as you know, Barbara, you know, she's, she gets an idea. She's going to get it done one way or the other. And I'm like that as well. Um, but in March, when the uh, hospitals decided to um, uh, stop uh, elective surgeries, they deemed transplants elective uh, surgeries, which, which is crazy to me. Quite a surprise. <laughs> Um, it is a surprise. It was surprising to me as well. And, uh, I guess the only way that you can kind of, uh, understand that thinking is, um, there is actually a treatment for, uh, renal failure, kidney failure, and that's dialysis, um, which I've been on dialysis, fortunately for a very short time in my life, but, um, that's a hard life <laughs> of, uh, going to a center every other day, um, you know, sitting on a machine. It's, um, physically exhausting, you know, it drains you and that sort of thing. But um, being an active person, um, you know, uh, I, I want, I don't want to be tied to a machine. Uh, you can do dialysis at home. And in fact, uh, when we started the uh, transplant process, I had to make an election 
uh, with my doctor uh, whether I wanted to go to, if I ended up on dialysis um, because there's some surgery involved before, uh, if I wanted to do it myself at home or go to the center. Well, I've done the center thing and I elected to do it myself if I had to, which it looks like I won't have to. But anyway, so in March, um, when this uh, Tampa General and the other hospitals stopped surgeries, they stopped everything. Uh, with the transplant process. So they stopped all the testing. Um, they just stopped. And uh, for almost two months um, until they restarted surgeries at the end of May or the beginning of June, um, we just waited. There was nothing to do. Um, but once they started again, we started the process again. And uh, Debbie was able to complete all the testing they needed to determine that she was actually a viable candidate. And uh, the last step of that, although she continues testing now, we can have all sorts of labs and that sort of thing, COVID testing before we go in the hospital in 13 days. Um, but they uh, take her, take her uh, case to the board of the doctors and the surgeons, and they uh, consider whether they want to accept her or not. And they did and uh, uh, gave us a surgery date of August 6th. So, at this point, um, COVID has affected us that way. Second way is uh, as we continue on with this testing and going to the hospital on August 6th for our surgery, um, you can't have anybody with you. So no visitors. Uh, when we go into the hospitals and the, the transplant center, you have to go alone. Um, on August 6th, um, our husbands will drop us off at the front door at Tampa General around 6 a.m. in the morning. We'll both have kidney surgery one way, the other. And uh, in a few days, they'll come and pick us up and take us home. Debbie will go home before me. Um, you, Barbara, you know Debbie, she's, you know, she's just in fantastic physical condition and uh, so healthy. I expect she won't be in there very long. I'll probably be in there um, a couple of days more than her, but we have to do it alone. Um, in fact, uh, Debbie and I, although we are in contact constantly, chat or text nearly every day, um, we haven't seen each other in person since um, that lunch, except for one coincidental occasion where um, I had uh, dropped by her house to pick up some of her new book, uh, Remote Work Rockstar. And she graciously uh, gave me some copies for some associates of mine. And uh, I didn't think she was home. There was no car in the driveway. And uh, I just was going to go pick them up. And she was home. So we stood in the driveway for about 20 minutes. But other than that, about that 20-minute conversation, we have not seen each other since that lunch in February. So we might pass each other in the admissions office at Tampa General on August 6th. I'm thinking. So <laughs> it's, um, you know, we're both strong, you know, people and uh, not afraid. Uh, but it would be nice to have a family member by your side every now and then going through this. Oh, gosh, what what a journey. Yeah. So I know when Debbie and I were originally talking, and this is the same thing that I thought that if you were a blood match, then it's good. Yeah. But well, that's not the case. Um, the, the, the blood match is the, the start. And being a positive, um, you don't exactly have to have a positive blood. Any A or O type would have been a blood match, but there's tissue typing, um, you know, 
other uh, factors come into play. It, it's more than just blood matching. So. Yes, and so, you know, I wish that uh, your husbands could be there, but the, the two of you are, well, I think I saw uh, Kenny Cousins, and I know that um, you've been doing uh, your journey online as well. So um, you, I know that you guys will, will feel each other's presence. So you mentioned that Debbie will probably be out a few days um, prior to you. What does what the recovery look like? What's the, the length of the recovery? And I know it might be a little bit different from you than from Debbie, but if you could share you know, what you know on the, the recovery side of it. On Debbie's side, um, you know, they, they even had told her this. Um, she is so uh, fit and healthy, she might feel, uh, you know, outside of the surgery, I mean, it is a, a surgery, yeah. um, she might feel uh, more impacted than me because I, I have been sick um, and I'm getting, a, you know, a good addition. <laughs> but um, I don't know everything that they told her, but um, I expect my understanding is, you know, that she will be home for probably four to six weeks. Um, just to recover from the surgery and get back to normal life. Uh, knowing her, I mean, I don't think she'll stay at home for six weeks. So, uh, I just hope she does uh, be careful of the surgery. The incision is my concern. Um, but anyhow, uh, she'll be fine. Um, for me, they, um, they expect uh, at least five days in the hospital afterwards. Um, our surgery is on Thursday, so hopefully I can go home by Tuesday. And if everything is, goes well, um, there is, uh, they say about two months, about eight weeks of, to get back to normal. Um, I haven't felt normal for 25 years, so I, I'm happy to wait eight weeks to get back to normal. And, uh, I, um, you know, I've been through some things in the past 25 years. Um, I don't expect I'll be down for eight weeks. Um, and, you know, COVID again has kind of, uh, put us all to become, uh, remote workers. Yep. So I'm pretty, you know, I, I feel confident that as long as I can, uh, my head is clear and I can operate my laptop that I'll probably be back to work in maybe four weeks, I hope. So afterwards, um, one of the major um, recovery issues for me, um, I will be on a lifetime of anti-rejection drugs. And they say, and I've talked with, uh, you know, uh, uh, over this time, uh, other kidney recipients have reached out to me and told me about their situations as donors have reached out to Debbie as well to let them know, you know, to offer their shoulder and their story. Um, but that adjustment to the medication will probably be about the hardest thing that I go through. And Debbie will have, um, and I do know this, that she'll probably um, be monitored for a couple of years to make sure that, you know, everything is fine. And, uh, but I just, we, it, Debbie said it and I say it too. We just kind of knew from the beginning that this would work out and that both of us would be fine. Yep. I know um, Debbie feels very strongly uh, about that. And I'm so touched by your story. And, you know, I love that people have reached out, you know, is there anything else that, that you would like to share? Is there anywhere that we could get more information? Um, as I said in the beginning, and it was why I started the Facebook page, uh, Deborah's Kidney Transplant Journey go there on Facebook and like it if you'd like. Um, but I just want to talk about um, uh, people registering for organ donation. 
not everybody can be a live kidney donor like that. You know, I don't know. I don't know myself what makes somebody do that. But, uh, you know, it's a rare person that can do that unless, you know, it's a child or something like that. Of course, you're driven that way. But everybody can register for end of life donations, uh, organ uh, donations. And uh, it's just as simple as, uh, you know, going to a website and filling out a very brief form. But if you read on that uh, website, they tell you that uh, if you register to donate your organs and the tissues, that you could be saving 75 lives after you go. And it's just so easy. So I always encourage people to please just go look at uh, donatelife.org, donate look at the form, sign up, and become a registered organ donor. That's all I ask. And, you know, I've had a lot of people. Um, I am fortunate in the sense that uh, I'm doing okay. You know, I'm not an invalid in bed right now, and I can continue to work and that sort of thing. And many, many people ask what they can do for me um, to help. We have a lot of friends and family that just really want to help. And at this point, that's how you can help me is to become a registered organ donor at donatelife.org. 75 lives. Wow. We will make sure to have that website in our, our show notes as well. And, you know, thank you so much for sharing your very personal journey. And we, and I know Debbie and I had talked prior, we absolutely want to have you on for, you know, you're, you're successful in your business life as well. And with our, our four questions, and we really want to have you on, but we just thought it would be so special to hear your journey before. And then we'd love to get you on to hear your journey after your recovery and your experience with Debbie. And then we, you know, gosh, I, I could just talk to you for the next day. And I even doing the research and you've been on a few uh, network news for you know your journey and, and what's happening with you guys coming up soon I think so you were on Fox last week I think you're on ABC coming up next week and so we will have you know links to all of those as well but thank you Deborah we hope to have you on again soon and we are all thinking about you and I know we want to help um, so thank you to our, our listeners as well Thanks for joining us of this episode of the Business of Life Masterclass podcast for successful people to embrace every chance to accomplish and experience all you can in business and in life. Listen, choose, do. 